You're about to listen to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which comes to you free every single week over on geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy helping us keep this show free, and I know you do, pop on over to patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity, where we have all kinds of levels that get you some fantastic awards and benefits. But if you can't help us out there, just please share this show over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And as always, our opening and closing theme brought to you by nerd rock group Megathruster. And now... Let's get on with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. One, two, three, four! It's been a long, long week. Why don't you spend some time with geeks? So many issues today into which we must delve. We're gonna talk about the stuff that makes you scream and shout. Hit the red alert, we're going War Factor 12. Thanks for pressing play. Now we're gonna save the day, alright? And that's when I say hello and welcome to issue four. Damn it! Five. Five. 543 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts. Uh, grateful that I'm not the only one who gets the count wrong, Bean Arita. I'm just Cable Hashitani. I got nothing. And joining us this week is a one Nat West. What's up, sir? Uh, maybe I don't even need an introduction because has anybody ever not heard me on this show? I mean, I know we get new <laughs> listeners, but like, uh, I think I got the uh, the... I, got, I, I win, right? Over Greg Rucka, right? Am yeah. At this point, for sure. Now you're, on, now you're up by two, I think. I'll take uh, Apprentice Host. Can I have that? Yes. Journeyman Host. Jur- whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. Don't make me push any buttons. I couldn't even get the thing to work until like <laughs> for 13 minutes after we're supposed to start. All right. So you're Padawan Host. Oh, Guys, yeah, I forgot how big a Crowler is. It's like a, oh, is that what the size of a small baby. Yeah, isn't it thirty two? This ounces? is what I have. Thirty two. You can drink right out of it if you want. Like mouth to top, if you want, but it'll just I mean, make you yeah. look. Wow, you're really tiny, Denise. I didn't know how small you were. I'm like, actually, I grew a bit. I'm five foot three. She's when a wee you, bean. When did you grow? Like when I was like twenty two, twenty three. Oh, that is true. I had a weird growth spurt at like thirty. Fun thing about being in the military is you're constantly being weighed and measured, like an infant. Um, and for many years, I always clocked in at exactly five foot two and a half. And then some were, you know, into my 20s, uh, they were like five three. I said, are you sure? They checked it a couple times. And sure enough, I was a full on five foot three inches. Wow, really? Yeah. So this is tall. This is tall bean. <laughs> With little baby hands the on tall- the crowler. The tallest of beans. My sister and I are the exact same height. Uh, however, she's got like four foot sizes on me, like shoe sizes. Whoa. She so just has monster feet. She's like shaped like this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, fine. <laughs> I don't know who was supposed to go first there, but I guess I'll start. Yeah, jump in. Do it. 
things are fine. Uh, I woke up at 7 a.m. with like the weirdest fucking like bad nightmare. Didn't feel yeah. like my, my chest was tight and I didn't think I'd get back to sleep. My heart rate was normal. Was your nightmare like global pandemic? <laughs> right. No, no. Uh, it was sort of this like mob environment. Like, you know how like people get heated up and next thing you know, somebody's getting like curb stomped because he did something wrong and everyone's like, ah, this mob mentality. It was like that. But I think it was Terry Crews. Wait, Terry Crews was in the mob and was attacking you? No, 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 no. Not the mob. It was a, a scenario in which mob mentality takes over and people start being really violent. Oh. While other people are like just shouting and cheering and maybe a couple people are like, no, no, stop. But mostly it's people encouraging the violence. Uh, and it was Terry Crews? Terry Crews was one of them, yeah. Man. I mean, he started kind of out trying to like calm everybody down, but then one person who I guess he must have had beef with or something said or did the wrong thing, and then he was just like stomping the guy to death while everybody watched. It was so needless to say, it woke me up and I was like really freaked out. It's kind of like the purge, one man sort of the purge, sort of. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I don't know. God damn it, it was... Kevin. I know. Fucking Sack said so it was less mob rules than it was cruise control. Cruise. Cruise. Bum, 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 bum. I don't want to laugh at that. <laughs> I don't either, but we all did. Uh, but that's okay. I fell back asleep uh, and slept hard until 11. So oh, my been... God. That sounds magical. <gasps> oh, it was so good. Oh. How are you going to go back to like not wake sleeping in anymore when you have to go back to your job? Um, it's going to be real rough. <laughs> You're like, I'm not. No, it's going to suck. As it is, like, I, I, I stay up late. I sleep in. I don't necessarily do a ton, and small things are exhausting, like going to the post office. I mean, I know that there's a whole other element there, but the point is, like, I've gone from working eight to ten hours nonstop and, you know, not falling, uh, falling down with exhaustion to now, like, oof, I did two things and I am just spent. That's it for the day. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be tough. We believe in you. Yeah. And Cable, like you're just doing the Guardian Games thing, right? Oh, not just, but yes. Well, I mean, uh, you know. I'm still, I'm still working. Right. Which means I, I don't have um, a, a quarantine routine of any sort. Yeah. Yeesh. So I just, like... I I am just constantly in that middle ground of I'm lucky and aware that I'm lucky to be still be employed and therefore still uh, earning a paycheck, but also stressed out all the time because I'm walking around outside in a global pandemic. Right. I mean, the outside part's not that bad. It's everywhere else. When I say outside, it means I'm leaving my home to interact right. with other people. I who, knew what you meant, Cable. Yeah, yeah, could be vectors at any point. Right, mind you. You know, I, I, I'll, I we've been doing this home delivery program, and I, uh, so I leave the house every day to deliver cider. I just did some local deliveries before this thing, and um, the program that we have is like super, like clean. We don't. There's like no contact. We drop it on the doorstep. And um, we don't stay anywhere near the people. Um, 
I feel dirtier going to a grocery store than I do. So I yeah. cable, I can imagine, you know, I don't interact with you. I interact with people 10, 10 15 feet away and then a whole mm-hmm. lot of online. But um, the poor retail folks, like, um, yeah, it's not a, not a pretty sight for sure. We, we're doing the best we can at Guardian. Like we um, sanitize every product that goes, like we wipe everything down um, with uh, bleach wipes um, and then put it into a clean bag. We're wearing gloves the entire time. Uh, and then we stage everything so it's away from us generally. And then when people come up, we'll drop stuff outside. We'll put it on a table that's sitting outside so that they can get out of their car and pick it up so that we don't interact with them. But it's, it's still the, uh. yeah. yeah. How it's is your, risky. how is your website cable? Is it really, can people get, I mean, I love going to guardian and just looking at stuff. Is the website still have some of that experience? The website doesn't have anything of that. Um, <laughs> so you got to know what you're have, looking for. Yeah. Uh, people just have to email us and say, I'm looking for this. And we go, cool. We're out of that. But we have these, 15 other things that are similar and they're like, Oh, I'll take this and this and that. So. Yeah. Tough, tough world. How's your, mm -hmm. how, how is the cider delivery going though, Nat? I mean, has it been slowed down at all? Are you guys still going at a pretty good clip? No, we're, 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 um, we're a little bit plateaued, which is good. Um, Dogs barking. Um, We, uh, the plateauing is, is, nice uh we have i have four delivery drivers and they're working every day um everybody gets one day off so it's kind of a six-day schedule so a little bit of a breaks um uh we've been delivering all we've gone as far as capoose if you know where that is and we've oh wow yeah uh we've gone as far as uh, mcminnville and then uh we've gone all the way to orient on the east side so um it's pretty big territory and we do anywhere between 60 and 90 deliveries a day and uh, we're getting a lot of repeat customers which is Yes. Uh, yes, you best. are. <laughs> well, not just you, Aaron. There's more than more than just you. On no, I know. <laughs> yeah. There's um, also me. Which is nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got some supplies out. So it's it's been. Um, uh, we haven't laid anybody off. I laid off a, a bunch of people in the beginning, and then we hired them all back to do deliveries. So our business, um, from an, from the employees' perspective, is neutral. Um, but uh, we're. All the, all the bars and restaurants being closed has been a massive blow to, to our business. And I don't oh. know, um, you know, we'll, we'll get through this um, barely, I, I'm sure. But um, there's a lot of people who are going to be super, super screwed. Um, so I'm, and, and they're people that I interact with, used to interact with on a daily, weekly basis. And so it's, it's really hard to see these folks. I mean, if you're a bar owner and you're mandated to shut down, how scrappy can you be to figure it out? I don't know. Like you just right. gotta, I don't know. Like you've at least do. got, you've at least got store sales. Yeah. We have grocery stores and the delivery program has been very good for us. Um, but I, I don't, you know, we have a relatively flexible business, um, a variety of channels, a lot of ways to get, to get that message out there, get the product out there, get the money coming in. But if you're, you know, a bar or, um, you know, a small restaurant, uh, I, it's tough. I don't, I don't see how you're going to get through this. I'm not, honestly, I'm not thinking about them very much because we all have our own issues. Right. Um, we're, we're starting, um, a, a, um, some, some buyback programs for some of those bars that, um, have carried our products in the past that are sitting on their clothes now and they're sitting on our product. And I'm like, well, I'll just take it back and just sell it to somebody else. Um, so, um, we're so doing like, that. So like you do like bottle buyback or you just buy back 
kegs and then you could bottle from there or what? Yeah, not, not doing keg buybacks because I don't, I don't have a home for the kegs. And generally, sure. people aren't sitting on a lot of kegs. Um, uh, but we're doing some case, case buybacks just to, just to help get them some you know, pocket change. Really, it's 150 bucks here and there right. for them. Um, uh, but I, 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 don't, I don't have any solutions. If, you're, if, you, if you don't have any revenue, I don't know what you're – I don't know. It's super tough. Yeah, I mean, I know that the like the the aids are starting to, the aids starting to come through, but that's still going to take a long time. Yeah, and this, I mean, you're putting a bandaid on a on a jugular wound here, so yep. right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, even the aid that's supposed to be coming through soon, they they you know, Congress touted how fast they passed that. Thing. Okay, great, that was what two weeks ago. We still don't have my my bank account's not any bigger. Yeah, so, no. Um, I, it was fast enough for them to pat themselves on the back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the fastest sure. thing they've ever done. But like, okay, great. We need to, can we get the next one figured out already, please? Right. Yeah, and I just keep, you know, the uh, Oregon unemployment just tells me like every week, just keep filing. You know, I, we know you haven't seen anything yet. J- just keep filing. It'll, it'll yeah. get through. One of my apparently, staff. Go ahead, Denise. Here. Oh, um, let's say apparently I, I messed up on my first claims week, not my like waiting week, but the first time I actually like filed a weekly. And I got a thing in the mail that said, uh, oh, you said you worked that week. So we can't pay anything until you clarify when and for how many hours. And I've tried to call multiple times, multiple days. The line is just busy. So I have to hope that I like my, the mail, they, they're checking the mail as quickly as they're trying to take phone calls because otherwise I'm never going to see that money. I don't even know how much it's supposed to be yet. That was right. my first week. Yeah. One of my guys, our work week is different from the Oregon's work week. Uh, our work week starts on a Sunday or a Monday. I can't remember. What, and then Sunday. Oregon. Un- well, what's the Oregon unemployment work week? Uh, Sunday to Sunday. Sunday through Sunday. Yeah. And so ours is Monday through Sunday. So he got in trouble because he worked at the end of our work week, which was the beginning of an Oregon employment work week. So he got denied for a week. And uh, we're like, whoa, 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 no, no. It's like, so it's just all these stupid little things. Like if you work for one extra day, you get denied for the week. Uh, thankfully, I'm not, I'm not actually an employee of my company. I don't get a paycheck. Uh, so sure. I don't have to deal with these things. I got, um, so uh, yeah, the unemployment thing is a total mess right now. And, but what do we, it's not like they're not working. The unemployment folks are trying to get it done. Just oh, yeah. Yeah, else it's, it's not like they're just screwing around. They're probably still like, what are we doing? Like, you know, it's yeah. going to be a mess nightmare for them. And they didn't and they were hire really, a bunch of people to deal with this, you know. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, but they were really quick about like kind of not reinventing their claim system, but establishing a way for people to know how to claim every week based on the current situation. Mm. So I thought that that was pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, and they added like notes and videos for uh, freelancers. For like, well, like freelancers or, you know, like here's how you do it. Um Cause like I actually had to fill out the business side where I had to tell people like, how long have you been in business? I'm like I, over a decade. Mm. They're like, what's your overhead? What's your inventory? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's this, I probably invested this much money into my business since I started it. You know, it's, so it's this weird gray area for me. I just put a number in there, man. Move on. But I mean, I, I talked to Jen. I said, what do you think this much? She's like, yeah, that's probably about right. Maybe add a little bit more. I'm like, add a zero. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. But the argument, I mean, they may look at my tax return and be like, there's no way he invested that much money if that's what he's making. Wall Street has- Plus or minus 10%. The big, the big businesses and big, I mean, they, everybody gets a bailout all the time. Can't we have our own little bailout? Like, can we just, like, there's a, however many trillions of dollars, 
I mean, the last time there was a however many trillions of dollars bailout, did all that money go to the best possible use? Of course not. No. Um, people just no, took their the money. stock buybacks. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> can, can we get our own? What is, a, what is a stock buyback? What's the equivalent? What's the human equivalent of a stock buyback? It's the adding a zero to the end of your overhead expenses thing or yeah. whatever it is, right? There you go. Well, then Geek in the City, I've got $100,000 invested into it. In your, yeah. All yeah. losses. You should all think. of it. <laughs> Green screens for everybody. Yeah. And I'll just keep ordering more cider. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. What's well, not funny? Not that it was funny, but it was uh, last week I was doing some deliveries for uh, Steinbart's, mm-hmm. uh, helping them out a little bit. And I was worried that I would start making people nervous because when you're in Steinbart, especially when you're in the back, there's all that like grain dust in the air. Mm-hmm. And my allergies had already kicked in. And sure. I was like, I was like, I'm just going to look like, I'm just going to sound like a typhoid Mary, like everywhere I go. So in between like deliveries, I would just, you know, you do that thing where you hold the sneeze so you don't make everybody nervous. And then as soon as I got back into the car, just, just unload, just like four sneezes in a row. And it was all from like, you know, grain dust just floating in the air everywhere. I'll kill you. Yeah. Uh, no. Silicosis. I was having the same problem in early March where, uh, I was still recovering from that like cold or flu I'd had uh, in February. Mm-hmm. And so I still had a cough and then allergy season was busting in and I was just like a mess all, all in this area. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm definitely giving off some typhoid Mary vibes. <laughs> I know. Um, I mean, it's, as much as I was like kind of wanting blue skies to come back because even I couldn't take this much rain with all the that was going on. Mm-hmm. It also like knocked all the pollen back down. So I was like, oh, I don't sound like I'm sick anymore and making everybody paranoid. Breathing is nice, turns yeah. out. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, well, Nat, one reason it's always fun to have you on is to talk about some delicious ciders and stuff. But I mean, has this, has this pandemic inspired you to create like a new recipe? Just like... <laughs> Actually, the opposite. We had a summer seasonal that we were working on, uh, sort of a summer punch seasonal. Oh, yeah. Um, some of you may have seen it on the Facebook thing. Um, and we had to make the go or no-go decision on that um, just as all the bars, that, like pretty much the day that all the bars were closed in Oregon was our deadline to pull the trigger on labels and um, buy ingredients and the whole nine yards. And um, in a... a, a point of weakness i pulled the plug on that and we mm. so we're not having a summer seasonal this year um but tapache season is coming up and by golly um we i will go down i will ride the sinking ship all the way to the bottom as long as there's tapache on board and um we uh we are making tapache it's coming out late may about a month later than usual um and we that will be added to our home delivery program you know I, what, the, one, the one thing that's been really exciting about the home delivery program is that um from day one, um, we partnered with a local brewery, Old Town, mm-hmm. Old Town Brewing, uh, the most underrated brewery in the city of Portland. Um, and we've been delivering their beer alongside our cider. And uh, they they have um, uh, it's been fantastic. We've been buying um, a couple thousand dollars worth of beer from them every week. Which for a restaurant, um, they had they used to have restaurant revenues. Right now they have zero, zero revenues. Um, so it's been a big, big help for them. Um, our biz, our beer business started with them at about, 
uh, the first week it was 9%. Last time I checked, it was uh, yesterday. It was um, almost 20% uh, of our total um, deliveries is uh, beer. So I think that's just been a really, um, it's been really great to be able to do, I mean, I'm driving, we're driving around all the time and uh, delivery is, you know, a couple of packs, um, six packs or whatever. Um, the ability to throw on cider and beer together in the same delivery is, I think, super, um, it's great. It's kind of a unique thing for us, but it's also um, gets, it's keeping them alive. It's keeping them afloat in a small way. Um, so my, ex- my exciting cider thing is that I'm doing beer. <laughs> right. um, <which> really <laughs> no, cool. it's really cool. I mean, and I will add, like I've, I've had Old Town before and I agree. They're like one of the main, they're like an amazing brewery in this town. But I, you know, what's weird is then I'll forget. Yeah. You know, I, like, live, I live near them, so I don't ever forget. But if you, that's what Portland's like. If you don't live next to the brewery, you forget about it because there's a million other breweries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even when I go to like Belmont Station to pick up some beers, I always forget that Old Town does amazing stuff. Um, I have been drinking the hell out of that. Was it the Hazy Days or? Um, the- yeah, they have they're kind of, it's funny they're they're simultaneously they just launched making, a new one didn't they yeah haze of our lives they <laughs> um they they're simultaneously really good at making the hazy haze haze like all the modern cool cool kids are drinking these cloudy ipas and they're also really good at making pilsner so their, their pilsner is a fantastic i think it needs that's that was what was in the crowler for you there yes it yeah. is so their their head brewer was actually actually spent like 15 years at sam adams um and say what you will about Sam Adams, they are brewing scientists. So you give him a, you give him a, a beer style, and he will make an A minus quality version of any beer style, and in the entire book. Um, so he can do you know English IPAs just as well as he can do hazy IPAs just as well as he can do pilsners just as well as he can do dark beers. Um, so I love that that diversity the breadth of, of their offerings um so we're selling their hazies and they're selling their pilsner and we'll sell some of that haze of our lives uh next week as well their new release yeah i was wondering when that was going to show up because i saw their ad on facebook and i was like oh i'm gonna want to get some of that yeah it's it's kind of the one that's sort of the the pinnacle of their they've been building up their haze program for the last year or so and this is the one they're most excited about it's kind of the only way that i find that i can actually enjoy an ipa is like the hazy or the new england styles Mm. Um, I just can't do like a super bitter West coast. It's just, it doesn't click with me. Yeah. You know, a lot of sort of beer nerds shit on, can I say shit on in this? Yeah. It's still fine. Sure. Okay. It's still uh, the same fucking show. It's still yeah. the internet. We they, still they, work blue. they shit on the, um, uh, you know, hazies or, or pastry stouts, sweeter stouts with other adjunct flavors in them. And I, I, I don't, I obviously I don't care. I make the cider equivalent of, of hazy and pastry stuff, right? <laughs> right? So I'm not, I can't shit on it, but also, but more importantly, it's super crucial that we as humans eat and drink stuff that we like to eat and drink and don't let somebody else's, uh, you know, if you like buttery Chardonnay, God, I don't like buttery Chardonnay, but if you love <laughs> it, drink it. And um, I just really think it's important that we all find what we like and don't listen to garbage people who say you shouldn't be, not a true style there you know it's not okay man i mean life's too short enjoy what you've got excluding the whole global pandemic thing life's too short drink what you what you want to drink so if you like hazies then bravo to you aaron i personally don't like hazies that much um but i'm glad that we can provide something that you like no it's good 
And that pills are juicies or GTFO for you. For me. <laughs> yeah. That's something for everybody. That's what's so great about the beer industry these days. There's literally something. There's these crisp pilsners. There's these wacky hazies. There's just like alcoholic pineapple juice. It's whatever you want. It's, um, there's, there's something, something for everybody. Exactly. Uh, there's and a conversation going on in the chat about. Um, um, I'm talking to Norm about how the um, the Texas equivalent of the OLCC, and he says it sucks. Oh, but they did just allow uh, breweries to do direct to customer uh, oh, services. Welcome to the 2000s. And uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine, an old army buddy who lives in Richmond, and uh, she was telling me that uh, they they just al- started allowing liquor stores to do home delivery. We don't have that in Oregon. We don't have that because no. it's, it's we're one of those weirdo states that controls yeah, control the controls. Virginia liquor. is a control state as well, though. So they're Washington they're used to be. Yeah, until about a year before I moved to Oregon, so I, I missed the boat on that. Um, but I, I do think it's funny. There was a there was a meme or, or some such I saw recently. In 1920, uh, the government is like oh, yeah. cr- crushing down all of the liquor production in the country federal project uh 2020 100 years later liquor stores are deemed an essential business during a pandemic (laughs) i agree yeah i wish the rest of our uh government could be as uh as developed as that one part yeah Yeah. Yeah. can we get some other things to be essential like actually ubi or healthcare? yeah right i know um i know i know one of the guys that works at uh the hollywood liquor store over on sandy and he said that like he's like he's like, the numbers are just crazy. He's he's working like thirteen hours a day, seven days a week. Um, so I think the liquor stores are doing okay. They might be hiring. <laughs> I know grocery stores are. Yeah, I had to go uh, shopping remember, about four days ago, and if you bring your own bags, you have to bag it yourself. They were still like, you can bring your own bag. They said, but you have to bag it. And I said, that's no problem. I used to bag forever anyway, because my first job was a courtesy clerk. And the checker saw me bagging and she said, uh, you want a job? You're really good at that. And I was like, yeah, it never, it's like riding a bicycle. Once you learn how to properly pack a bag at a, at a you know, at, a, at the cash register, and crank it out. Comes in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Those old I retail just, skills might come back. <laughs> I got a, a memo from Safeway Albertson's corporate today that if you come into any Safeway Albertson store, you have to wear a mask um, as, as a vendor, not as a customer necessarily. Oh. So I, I can imagine that all the grocery stores are going to come up with that that rule uh, pretty soon, you know, if Safeway Albertsons is. So. I think, I know all the QFCs and the Fred Meyer now, all the checkers have that, basically that plexiglass now. Oh, yeah, which is great. I mean, yeah, they don't, I don't want to be breathing on them. Yeah, yeah no, it's pretty good. Um, so, mm. <laughs> sorry, I had to take a little cider break there. Okay, so say that people aren't able to get to your site and order some delicious cider for delivery because they just aren't able to do it or they maybe live in a state that doesn't provide it. Um, how can you, how can you help them to, to basically make their own, their own beer or booze at home? Oh yeah, let's do this. Okay. So, cause I've um, got my quarantine cider going right now and boy, is it going to be bad? Yeah. So <laughs> cider is in my opinion, the easiest alcohol to, um, it's not just my opinion. It's a fact. It's the easiest alcohol to make at home. 
with the l- super limited amount of, of materials, ingredients, uh, equipment, accessories. All you need to do is get a jug of apple juice. Doesn't I'm not going to be one of these guys, oh, it's got to be organic, whatever. Get whatever you want. Treat up sucks, but get whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, take the lid, o- open the lid, and then you have a lot of choices here. You can just leave the lid off for a couple of days, a week. Um, you can put some yeast in there. Maybe you put some... Uh, Baker's yeast that you got sitting in the back. I don't care, really. It's what I did. Yeah, we would never do that commercially, but whatever. Okay, this is this is end end times here, so we're going to use our baker's yeast. Um, if you've got some weird fermentation yeast that you use in the past for wine or or beer or whatever, you can put that in. Um, you can take uh, a bottle of beer that you craft beer that you just finished, and you can have like the last little bit in the bottom of the bottle, and you can pour that into the apple juice jug, um, and then. Uh, put a whatever you get in, get get some kind of yeast in there, and put a um, a washcloth over it. Let it air a little bit, and then you wait. You wait a couple of weeks, three weeks, maybe as much as a month, and then you drink it. That's it. Now you got yourself alcohol. It's probably going to be about six or seven percent if you don't add anything into it. Um, the only thing that you have to worry about that's unhealthy is if you see mold. Um, and you'll know it's mold just because it'll look like mold. There's a lot of different kinds of mold that can grow on there. They can be really fascinating, like like um, stalagmites molds that grow up that are like long and stringy. Um, there can be just a surface molds that look kind of like cheese when it gets mold on it. Um, those are all totally fine if you can like stick a Q-tip in the hole and and kind of pick them out or if you got a if, if you pour it into a different vessel you can use some paper towels um the, none of those molds are going to hurt you as long as you don't consume them they're not going to get into the cider they're all um oxygen um they all need oxygen so they're only going to be on the surface ever um, you can even let the whole fermentation finish leaving the molds on top and then um uh you know, uh, pour the uh, finished cider into a different vessel, leaving the molds behind. It's pretty easy to leave. Molds are kind of sticky, so they'll stick to the side of the glass. So it's just a, a dirt simplest way to do it. If you want to make beer, you've got to brew it, which is grains and temperature. And I don't know. If you want to make wine, you got to buy jugs of grape juice. Who buys grub jugs of grape juice? I, don't know. I mean, you could buy a jug of Welch <laughs> and make some of the worst wine ever. You very That's- well could. That's a trick. Welch's is will taste worse than treetop. If it's oh, a yeah. cider, turn turn into. <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, cider is a fantastic way to do it. There's also no rules about cider. Um, if you finish your cider and you want to make um, like a raspberry cider or whatever, you finish your apple part, add some raspberry juice to it. You want to make a, add some orange juice to it. Super awesome. You've got some uh, cinnamon around, or you've got some. Uh, you know, you dug out some three year old cloves from the back of your pantry whatever throw them in there it's totally fine so there's no real rules about cider and by and large you can't really mess it up um, as far as the flavor goes except if you put a bunch of stuff into the primary vessel during fermentation wait to add your flavors until after the fermentation is done and then you can control how much you're putting in there and you can kind of taste it as you go right and also because when you put it in after the primary the alcohol would kill maybe anything that's on it anyway like anything that could be bad yeah, there's a lot of concerns about sort of uh, sanitation and stuff like that. With cider, you don't have to worry about it that much. Some of the world's best cider makers don't clean anything ever. Um, 
and I'm totally serious about this. Um, breweries could never really get away with it um, because beer doesn't have the benefit of acidity and cider does. So oh, um, right. bacteriologically speaking, uh, bugs don't like alcohol and they don't like acid and cider's got both. Uh, cider has both. Uh, it doesn't have as much acid. Sorry, it doesn't have as much alcohol as wine does. Wine is like the thing where you can leave it open on your counter for however long. It's, it's okay. It might turn to vinegar. If it's just turning to vinegar, that's fine too. You can still drink it. It's like healthier or something. I don't know. <laughs> I've been throwing away wine unnecessarily. No, nah, yeah. Yeah, drink it. Cook with it or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, cook with it. That's always fun to do. I'm not delivering cookies, um, Bean, but how did you get that cookie? We just said in the chat, magic on him. I just I just did an Accio cookie, and um, and so it appeared. Where's my wand? Um, you make booze magically. I have extras though, so. if you want. Ooh, don't have that one. <laughs> I'll send you one. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll trade you next time. Just leave it on the porch with a cider drop. Like, here's your wand. Fun. Yeah, we've also, been doing a ton of drops, like front porch drops just like people from behind glass doors people with be gray gray beards long hair kids i don't need to check your id <laughs> uh, it's cool uh it's been it's been a lot of fun seeing so many people be happy about getting their deliveries so oh that's something that's something that i think we should talk about um and i can start it but uh nat you're probably gonna want to take over with better details at, at some point but i happen to be outside coming out of the front of my house, like going to the garage right at the exact moment that uh, your delivery was arriving to my house. And so we were like, oh, oh, hi. Um, and uh, I was assured that everything gets wiped down before it goes out for delivery and that the delivery drivers, you know, wear gloves and other protective gear and are also like frequently sanitizing so that you know that no matter, like regardless of the fact that, you know, it's this whole process with many hands probably coming into play that the stuff that you're getting dropped off at your door while maintaining, you know, probably closer to 12 feet distance is all, you know, safe for you to bring into your house. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I, 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 I don't, I mean, I can't claim that everything that we're delivering is free of coronavirus. That's not possible. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Cause the, the stupid part about this damn virus is that anybody could have it, not know it. Um, yeah. uh, so it's possible for the, for us, for, for us to have it on our hands or whatever, and then get onto the product. Our pol we have a pretty, pretty strict policy and we set it up right away. And I set it up actually based on reading complaints from other delivery drivers about things that their companies weren't doing for them. Um, and I just said, all right, let's just do the exact opposite of what everybody's complaining about rather <laughs> than, rather than trying to get into the science of how long can it survive on cardboard I mean, that's, that's still out for, out for, you know, discussion and I'm not a scientist, so I'm just going to do everything that everybody wants us to do. So we, um, we sanitize, um, before every delivery, um, we wipe down all the touch surfaces in our vehicles on the insides and out every three to four stops. Um, we do that 10, 12 feet, or, I mean, we can get as close as three feet if there's a solid glass wall between us. Um, we, uh, the OLCC requires a, a signature of the recipient on the delivery paperwork. We do not do that. We write verbal on there. And if OLCC is listening to me, I'm sorry. I'm not going to have them sign a piece of paper. Um, 
we uh, yeah we do gloves. The, some some delivery drivers do gloves. Some of them some of us don't. Um, we consider um, as soon as we leave our house to go on the delivery route, we consider the exterior of our bodies to be dirty. Um, I have delivery clothes that stay outside, delivery shoes, delivery clothes. Um, and when I come back from a delivery, I change and I go right into the shower and I actually have my family open the shower curtain and turn the water on for me. Um, so we feel really good about it. And these are, these are all just stuff that's coming out of Italy, that's coming out of New York hospitals, um, just the ways that people are, we don't use masks because I don't, um, I don't want to have to take a mask on and off my face. Uh, because if I do, then I'm touching my face. Um, so we don't get close enough to have any airborne stuff. Um, so that's, that's, that's a, a good thing. You know, it's an encouraging thing for us. But yeah, our product could very well have some virus on it that, um, that we're, we're being really open about what we're doing and then letting every person who's receiving it make their own judgment calls about how they want to handle it. You know, the science on how long virus exists on cardboard um, is, you know, hours to a day. A lot of folks don't take it when they open their door and they're like, thanks. And I drive away and it's still sitting on the front porch. And I know that we're going to let it sit out there for however long. I don't care. That's cool. Um, So that's, that's another way to handle it as well. I mean, there's no such thing as being overly precautious in in this current uh, situation. And um, even if there's no guarantee that like everything you've done means that the case you dropped off at my porch is 100% sanitary. Sanitary. It just knowing that people are doing as much as possible, it just helps everyone know that the risk is being mitigated as much as right. possible. And then you take that into your home uh, and and do whatever processes you need to do to you know mitigate it on your end. One of the biggest concerns I have with going back to work is not whether or not we're being safe enough. It's everyone that I have to come into contact with and oh, what yeah. the hell they're doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like if you feel the need, like if you feel that patronizing my business is an absolute must, um, or you're just not being very conscientious about, or like you just don't care. Like, well, I, this is not, if you think this is a hoax, if you think it's all about 5g, um, or if you just think that it's no big deal, if you did catch it, um, you're not doing the same stuff I'm doing or the people on my staff and I don't want you near my people. It's, but there, you know, it's, you can't do anything about those people who don't think this is real or don't do enough. Yeah. Like I go to the grocery store and I feel like we go, I, I, it's not somewhere I want to be, but, and yet our delivery program. And I, I certainly hope that the door dashers of the world and the Instacarters of the world are, I'm not, I don't hope that they're doing the same precautions that we're doing. I hope that they feel as safe as we feel doing this. Um, this, this feels very safe for all of our drivers. And I've given all of, all of my drivers a total out. Like, if you don't want to do this, if you don't keep this project up, totally. It's totally fine. Um, but we feel really, I feel just as safe doing this as I do staying at home because it's, it's a very controlled world. It's not other people coming up and interacting with me. Occasionally, we do have someone coming out of the house and we say, it's cool. Stop right there. We're going to leave it right here on the, on the ground. I've told our drivers, if somebody starts walking f- towards you, stop and put the product on the ground and let them, because you can't control what somebody else is doing. If they're walking towards you, they're going to keep walking towards you. So then right. just get away, leave the product on the ground and then back up. So yeah, it, it's a delivery. So this is my sort of thumbs up for all the delivery drivers out there, the door dashers and the Instacarters and whatever. I think that it can, I think that, that home delivery can be done uh, safely and cleanly. 
Um, I, I, I pity the grocery store workers really though. Yeah. Well, it seems like you also kind of have your people's back more than maybe like the DoorDash and the Instacart companies do. We have like, access to high proof alcohol. So that also helps cleaning that stuff a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have noticed there are a lot of breweries and distilleries just kind of creating, creating stuff to help people out, like creating sanitizers and stuff. There is, um, uh, rogue, um, made a bunch of hand sanitizer um, we don't, we don't produce high enough alcohol to do any kind of cleaning stuff, but of course we're friends with all the distilleries. So right. we all, we always keep around 99% ethanol for our tank cleanings and other things like that. So I just dipped into our ethanol stash to make, um, hand sanitizer for all of our delivery crew. I know uh, Freeland is making it. Yep. Yep. Um, the big guy, brew dog, they're, they're huge in Europe. They came out with, I don't know, 8 million bottles of hand sanitizer. They made the kind of overnight. Yeah. I mean, somebody in this chat box might've been able to make their own. I don't, you know, I don't know who was talking about that. Yeah. It's not hard. It's just no, alcohol. No, it's not hard to make. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially you can get one of those uh, free federal uh, fuel licenses, which they just hand out. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. What's a free federal fuel license? So it's illegal to make your own distilled alcohol if you're not a like a a liquor company, yeah, sure. yeah. So so there's there's two licenses, I guess. There's one for like selling product that you will drink, and that's a whole big thing. But you can just ask the federal government to give you a license to make your own fuel, which is like literally like one form. Yeah, or costs, vinegar. Yeah, that costs nothing, and they approved. <laughs> yeah, and and to make fuel. Uh, to make cleaning cleaning products, alcohol-based cleaning products, and vinegar, you literally have to make what you could sell as consuming, like drinking product, and then it takes another step to go into the non-drinking product. So yeah, that's uh, it is easier to get the uh, that kind of license on hand. Yeah, it was it was a uh, kind of scary easy how easy how what how easy that was to do. <laughs> I, I mean, do you have do you have one? Yeah, I might. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have a still. No, 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 no. No, no, that would, no. I mean, if I do, oils. it's only to make essential oils and distilled yeah, water. Distilled water, of course. For my, for my brewing experiments. Yes. Yes. I thought you were going to say for your witchcraft. Or that, same thing. It's all the same thing. But no, I would not have a still. That would be wrong. <laughs> I don't have a still. No. no. It's not like they sell them as attachments to any other brewing equipment out there. That would be no. foolish. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, they're busy. They can't have anything else to do. Uh, trying to think, like, what else? This is kind of all we had planned for the show is just to hang out and everything like that. Um, so the other thing I was thinking about was um, how I've been kind of needing like little nostalgia baths to kind of keep me sane and, and happy. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have been kind of finding yourself going back to old shows or reading old books or whatever that are kind of like a warm, happy place. Mine, mine have been odd that I didn't expect to make me feel as good as they do. Oh, um, well, since I have CBS all access, um, I can watch current and like old episodes of, you know, of uh, like, let's make a deal and the, <laughs> price, and the price is right. <laughs> And I have such fond memories as a kid, like if I stayed home sick, I know it's weird, you know, when I stay home sick, but I was a pretty sickly kid, but I still have these weird fond memories of being tucked up on the couch 
you know, with like a blanket and like my, my juice and some soup and just like watching the prices right and let's make a deal like, you know, two hours in the morning. So to like now, I just same thing. I, I've been popping them on and even the theme song makes me happy. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. That's the, that's the, no, that they, was. Um, do they have that? What's that called? That's win, lose, or deal. No, that was press your luck. Oh, press, right. Press, press your luck. Did they have that one on there? Uh, no, but I think there's a game show network where you can watch that. Uh, ones. Trash. And then I think. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think it was either Netflix or Hulu had the documentary about the guy who like broke the press your luck system. Right. Yeah, he like, had he, the. He figured it out. Yeah. And they like tried to sue him and the commission's like, no, you guys weren't totally random. And he figured it out. You can't get mad at him for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, same with the guy that I guess almost always got the price correct on um, the prices. Right. Oh, Wait, yeah. Isn't that the sort of, sort of the same idea as counting cards and like people get kicked out of Vegas uh, casinos for that. Uh, counting cards is not illegal, but it is against casino rules. So they can kick mm. you out, but it is not illegal. I mean, they, they reserve the right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's one or of those things. Or break your that, legs, you know. Yeah, they can do whatever they want to you, but counting cards is technically not against the law. That it will get your ass kicked. Um, so yeah, my big one is let's make a deal. I get real happy, mainly because right now it's recent for the years now. It's been hosted by Wayne Brady, so the show ends up being yeah. like the show ends up being like half you know, um, who's last anyway and half game show. So it just makes me excited. That's, that's, that's my go-to one. Mm. Anybody else had any nostalgia trips that have been helping them out, keeping them calm? Uh, yes. Mine's not TV though. Mine's a video game. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, well, uh, like not quite a week into my own quarantine initiation uh everyone was talking about animal crossing including a couple of coworkers who were like you'd really enjoy it blah 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 and uh <laughs> I, I i kept trying to find a switch but they were all sold out yeah like, everywhere i even had my sister checking in her like her region uh since most websites go base it on your zip code uh and nothing so unless i wanted to pay like double or triple for a switch and the game i mean the game is easy to get i guess but i was like okay fine i give up a couple days later i decided i wanted to play a playstation game and nothing on the market was really appealing to me it's sort of the same thing i have with books where i was like okay well i guess this seems interesting but what if i don't like it and then what yeah uh so i uh, i decided to play a game that i played uh, about 20 years ago now <laughs> uh Final Fantasy VIII, for those who didn't already know. And I, I actually didn't expect it to be so fucking nostalgic, but it, it's giving me a lot of glee. Yeah, you That's were good. late to our role-playing game because you literally wrote, sorry, I'm in the middle of a boss battle. I was. <laughs> well, and those boss battles take forever. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Man. I know. It's, it's like... like You get a certain time away from a save point, so you don't want to just like shut it down and lose all the progress you made since your last save and you're already in the middle of the boss fight you what are you gonna do yeah yeah you can't pause the boss fight oh, speaking, uh, of anim- speaking of animal crossing I, I actually already owned a switch prior to this whole thing so that oh, yeah? was out of the way 
we got the we got the Animal Crossing. It's mostly my daughter's game. That's kind of her type of game. I'm more of a killing things kind of game, and that is not Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> it's not. But she's got her island. She's spending you know morning, more, only morning, noon, and night. She's not 24 hours a day. She's just got to check in, got to catch the morning fish, got to catch the midday fish, and. Uh, I'm still, I still have flimsy fishing rod and she's already got the, you know, the mansion with all the things on it and stuff. So it's been fun being able to play a little bit with her. So I have no idea how Animal Crossing works. You know, I think it's sort of like a modern day Sims. Yeah. Except, uh, except that there's, it's all very positive. It's all very yep. cute. And, okay. For okay, Nintendo. That's very cute. And, and you are essentially an unpaid worker for a raccoon. A corporate raccoon. Corporate raccoon. Wow. Yeah. Raccoons are finally getting theirs. Uh, oh yeah, I saw that on a on a on the internet. It was like I don't understand why everyone's so excited about Animal Crossing because to me it just seems like everyone is um, like an indentured servant yeah. to some weird raccoon. <laughs> like he's your landlord and he's got you running tasks. You're just you're just yeah. this raccoon bitch. Yeah, and he's not actually a raccoon. He's a tanuki, which is like that's Japanese, Japanese for raccoon. It like is not a Japanese raccoon. Well, it is a Japanese kami that is. Excuse me, dumb American here. It's a well, Japanese I, raccoon. I know. I'm. Uh, that's why I'm like. There are raccoons. Tanukis are mystical beings, and they also have. Um, they're they're easily recognizable because they have a scrotum bigger than a human head. And a in our they, video chat, Lindsay not was a making the. Yeah, this is not a, a tanuki then. <laughs> and and a worn down nub of a penis. That's ah, that's this the Nintendo. We don't actually get that part. Yeah, yeah. No, they um. Like, wait, so, wait. So someone said they had a visual aid. neutered their tanukis. Draw a picture. Somebody draw a picture. <laughs> but so the guy's name is Tom Nook. So neutered or eunuched? Ooh. I mean, you know, uh, we don't have to get into that. We, <laughs> they don't cut off the penis. It, I like uh, the fishing rods and the okay, so just collecting the peaches and things. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, like if they ever add farming to Red Dead Redemption Two, then I'm just done. My if character will quit quit murdering people. She'll just open her little farm and hang out, and I'll just farm. If they ever add Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption Two to this Nintendo Switch, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Oh yeah, you'll be hosed. Game over. I do wish that did cross platform. Because I have friends on like an Xbox One or PC that want to be in my posse, and I'm like, they don't do cross-platform. Mm. Actual Tanukis are apparently raccoon. They're dogs. See, so they're not a raccoon at all. They look they, raccoonish. Yeah. Are raccoons, they do look raccoonish. Are raccoons canids? I don't know. Mm. I am not a. I, I, I am learning this from Google. I am not a Japanese raccoon wrong. dog. Weird. Yep. All this time, I thought tanuki was just the Japanese word for raccoon. Oh no! <laughs> and it lost was a deli- in, lost in translation. Yeah. And it yeah. was a delicious restaurant in my neighborhood. Yeah. There was a tanuki. Yeah. The restaurant. Yeah. Janice that place was amazing. It was amazing. Did now, wild game. No. I, I, uh, I apologize now to everyone in the chat. Oh boy! I know I don't want to download this. Send us it, a link instead. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, don't click the bottom of this statue. Either this right. is a, a statue of a tanuki <laughs> that you'll find. The, That's precious. Yeah, it has a giant nutsack and this tiny little nub of a penis. Oh, these are all over Japan. Yes, these those are bears. tanukis. 
I always thought they were just Japanese bears. No, those are tanukis. That's a nutsack. Wow, I thought it was kind of feet-like thing. Oh, no. No, don't ever <laughs> walk on those. He also has boobs. I mean, oh. you know. Oh, these well, things, yeah. Kind of. They also kind of look like Monchichis. A little bit. A little bit. Which, oh, my I'm, God. Did you guys click on Kevin's link? That is bad. Don't click on Kevin. Never likes. click on anything Kevin posts. That's Just... like, that's like. <laughs> we should have warned you. I'm sorry. Lemon party. Don't do that, Kevin. <laughs> and that awkward laugh is a perfect time to slip in these quick little announcements from our sponsors, Guardian Games and Bridge City Comics. Right now, uh, you can't physically go into the shops and peruse their fine wares, but you can still order online for curbside pickup and or delivery. Uh, go to bridgecitycomics.com. Michael and Merrick have set up an online ordering system so that you can not miss any of your new books, but you can also order from their collection that they have in the store, and then they will either ship them directly to your door or you can do a socially distancing safe curbside pickup. So don't miss your comics because right now we definitely need the distraction of the four-color format. And then over on the gaming side, uh, really the best thing to do there is just email Guardian Games. Uh, you can find their email at ggportland.com or also just on facebook.com forward slash Guardian Games and ask them if they have a certain game you're looking for. Um, they're super swamped, but you can maybe ask for recommendations. It may take longer to get back, but they will still try to help you out. And then they are also doing online ordering or ordering over the phone for a completely as safe as possible curbside pickup. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance to uh, support our sponsors, thank them and thank their crew who are having to go out every day to make sure that you still have the games and, um, yeah, be be extra chill when you're uh, getting your nerd stuff because we're all in this together and uh, those who aren't chill will be remembered. That's right. I end every ad spot with a threat. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, all right. Let's get back to talking about um, Tanuki, Sax, and Monchichis. Yeah, because that's what you do now. Speaking yeah, they, of nostalgia? They do look like little Monchichis, <laughs> which is weird because... Big oh, Monchichis. Uh, I, I opened Ken's link. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to click it. Oh, It's too no. late now. I don't want to download it. Can't I just... Uh... All right, Zoom, Zoom, I don't appreciate this. If you're, not care- if, you're, if you're not careful, it'll just end up putting it right in the screen for everybody to see. I don't know how you did that. That's not as easy as you make it sound. That's true. <laughs> so weird. That's not as bad as I thought it would be, but it's definitely weird. Yeah, it's unsettling. Thanks, Kevin. So that's from the video game. Yeah, that's Tom Nook. Yeah. But they've been, you know, di- they've been a Nintendo censored for the children. Sure. Uh, Cable, have you been kind of doing anything to calm yourself down, watch anything fun, or just play Legos or some shit? Um, I have done none of those things. I have been working and then also <laughs> running errands. I'm the only person that leaves the, the house to go get things. Who is that? Is Merrick under full quarantine now? 
Uh, she's been home for the past few weeks. Couple I wasn't weeks clear on that. Yes. Uh, Good Brit for City. her. I think she needs it. Well, yes. Um, but that also means that like, we try to separate as much as possible when we're in the same space because I am still out interacting in the world. Um, yeah, like I, I thought this was a good topic to have, but I don't have a lot to contribute to it because <laughs> I'm my other than walking around in a weird version of Portland that I am not familiar with, my day-to-day routines have not changed much at all. Right. Um, other than I'm my my job at Guardian requires that I am thinking about the future and that I'm always about six months ahead of whatever we're doing in the store. Right. And I can't do that. So I have the, like, it doesn't matter how much I project. It doesn't matter how many plans I come up with the following day, they're thrown out. Um, so I'm just usually, I'm just stressed all the time. Um, I can't say that I'm drinking more. I'm still not drinking to excess, but I'm more likely to have a cider at the end of the day. Oh. So thanks again, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I'm having, I think, way too much. <laughs> I, should, I should probably slow down just a little bit. It's not going to stop me from ordering more from him, but... <laughs> sure. uh, I'm definitely having more than usual, but I'm trying to sort of rotate. Like one day I'll drink, another day I'll have edibles, and then try to have at least one day where I don't have anything. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Not the edibles thing, but the alternating. Like you know, one day on, one day off, kind of thing. Well, I've also I've also cut my edible servings in half because uh, otherwise I will eat my own body weight in Cheetos or cookies or whatever else is in my house. Cheese, yeah. just just like just like chunks of cheese, whatever there is. Chunks. Yeah, you know, the big old honks of cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a good technical term, though, a chonk. Yeah. Like, I imagine that, like, if there was a block of cheese and there was, like, little enough of it left, I would just just gnaw on the whole, like, whatever remains of the block of cheese until it's gone. It it is the noun version of chonky, which is the adjective. I think yep. it's an it's an Thank imperial you. measurement, isn't that right? The chunk. Yes. 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 It's, it's a imperial measure measurement. Uh, imperial. It's the queen size. Oddly, it's both an imperial measurement and a metric measurement. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> One of those. Universal. Yep. A chunk load. Like Kelvin. <laughs> Which is not really actual measurement. It's just yeah. the end. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing nothing ever goes good when you've hit, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, what? <laughs> just, I was wondering where you're going to go there. I don't know. Like, it's, it's been a weird 24 hours for me, and that's kind of all, all I'll add on to that one. Just 24, Aaron? Well, Everything else ex- has been normal? Extra weird. As in, like, <laughs> life decided to add one more thing on top, so. A particularly weird 24-hour window. Yeah, in addition to whatever else is already happening. Yeah, for sure. Um. I don't know. Like, Nat, have you been kind of revisiting anything or just you're just kind of just too busy with the delivering stuff, I imagine? Yeah, I guess, you know, one one interesting point is that this business has been around for eight years. And I, I guess I was on your show about seven years ago yeah. originally. And um, uh, hard, hard, to, hard to remember. Um, but in the last you know, three or four years, the, the, you know, there's a lot of folks working 
to make Reverend Nat's hard cider with my name on it. Um, but this has really felt like a, a new business with all the ups and all the downs of a new business trying to come up with solutions that are, um, you know, going to meet the, the, the current time and need. And, and I, I, the, the real question that I keep, you know, trying to sort out and I, I, I don't answer, I just keep thinking it is, is this the new normal? And everyone's like, oh, new normal, new normal. And, but everybody's norm, new normal is their own. And what does it mean to their lives? Right. And, um, you know, have, have we all, as consumers, have we all been moving towards the sort of instant on-demand delivery type world anyway prior to this? You know, you speak with folks who live in other countries and people in um, Eastern Asian, many countries in Eastern Asia, I was talking to a guy from the Philippines the other day and he said, oh yeah, any, you can get anything you want in the Philippines next day. Um, it's just weird when you come to America and you can't. Um, so maybe this is an inevitability. The whole, we live at home and we live in the zoom world now. Right. Um, yeah, uh, like I have a 15 year old 15. She's almost 16. I, I gotta get this straight. Um, she's 15 year old daughter and she is uniquely positioned to deal with the situation that we're in right now. In the beginning it was, um, oh, this is terrible. I can't see my friends. And now she doesn't have those. I mean, she's sure she has those feelings, but she's not really expressing them because she does zoom with her friends and she does discord with her friends. And she does, she's still super, super plugged in and and her, she has really, really good friends who live many States away, different time zones. And when we were kids, imagine having a really good friend who lived time zones away. You didn't because that person was impossible to keep, Denise, you're younger than we are, but that, that person was impossible to keep up with uh, because you, what do you do? Write them a paper letter. That was what you did. You couldn't call it long distance because long distance costs a dollar a minute. Yeah. It was so, too- there's, I think there's, there's, there's certain people who are going to be able to handle the situation that the new world that we're in better than others. And I think it's really largely up to the younger generation, which is hopeful. I'm glad, you know, if, if you got to make a, a choice, the younger generation is the one that you should be investing in and not the older people like right who should just kind of go away like us i guess uh nat yes i am younger than the three of you but mm. uh i did still grow up in an environment where landlines were the norm and i actually uh i um i've, I've probably mentioned this a number of times but you know i actually really envy people who have like best friends from grade school because i I moved around enough that I went to two grade schools, two middle schools and two high schools. Uh, and there wasn't really an effective way of keeping up with people except unless you had phone numbers and parents willing to drive you across town, uh, which I didn't. So uh, I have like, I have very few connections from my childhood. Yeah. Literally no one before high school. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. But, and even if you're, even if you had a friend in the neighborhood and say they moved five miles away, it's huge as like a child because you don't have the resources to yeah. see each other when you want. Yeah, no, I had a friend for years, uh, bro- uh, two brothers, uh, you know, when we were like grade school age and they literally moved to one of the towns next to Susanville, which is the equivalent of like from you know, like, you know, uh, Southwest Portland to Vancouver. Like that's the, that's the actual distance. And I never saw them again, except once in a great while I'd run into them like in town or something, but that was it. Okay. It was done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
I definitely think there's a lot of weird opportunities people can have with what's happening right now. Um, I'm not sure what, but I, it's, it's funny in a weird way. I have felt more, there's definitely been some frustrations on products I'm working on, but there are times where I have felt more creatively and personally fulfilled with the things I've been doing at home than I have been going out and like hustling for the next gig or that gig and stuff like that. You know, is, is that because you're sort of focusing on different ways of being happy rather than just doing the same things? I mean, maybe part of it's I'm doing. So, yeah, maybe because I'm focusing on stuff that's different. Um, but it also, in a weird way, it, it also might be that there's a there's a sense of almost immediate satisfaction in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, twice a week I do the little kids writers workshop. And I keep waiting for the bottom to drop out on that for the kids to be like, you're boring. We're not doing this anymore. But like, it keeps growing. And at the end of every one of those workshops, um, I, it just feels really good. And I'm, you know, it's just, it's a nice feeling to do that. And I'm seeing that happening, you know, more and more with other folks out there. Right. It's, it's almost like um, the, since we're less able to be um, close to each other physically, um, it's super cheesy, but we're valuing those connections that we're having right here, right now. I mean, I've been on this podcast however many times and I've never seen, I mean, thanks Norm for not actually putting a video up, but I've never seen a lot of these folks. I, I know there are listeners, right? But now I get to see a picture of Kevin in his sort of zoned in like thing with his glasses, just zoned <laughs> and it's cool. Okay. Guy, guy named Kyle he's, he's up there sewing and bravo Kyle. I mean, so is there an opportunity for us to um, engage more, um, more deeply with the people who we may have not engaged with at all or engage with on a surface level um, in the past because we're, we, we value their, um, you know, what, what interactions we have with them now, we value a little bit more often. Right. <laughs> yeah. Norm just said, did he, did Nat just say I had a face for radio? <laughs> Your camera for radio. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I totally get that. I mean, I, I definitely miss the face to face contact, you know, hanging out with my friends and, you know, being physically near them. And yet like on the flip side, what this has done also is that I'm, in a completely selfish manner, I am running more role-playing games than I have probably since high school when I probably should have been doing homework and schoolwork. I think I'm, I'm up to, I'm about to be up to three games a week, Oof. which is just nuts. They're not long, you know, two to three hours and it's limited by what we've got, but I'm just giggling, watching them all play and coming up with stories and watching them figure it out and Three months ago, I was ha- I was happy to pull off one session, maybe every three weeks if we were lucky, you know. So, it's definitely nice to see the the things that people are doing with this. Um, I mean, whether it's you know like forced upon them or a relief or whatever the t- extra time that they have. Um, I think I'm about eighty percent of the way to convincing my husband that I could just be a stay at home wife. Because <laughs> I'm killing it in the kitchen. He's, you know, I'm not. I don't want to like disparage his cooking, but mine is definitely better. And I have like a much more creative bone, and I have that, you know, like trained skill to understand taste combinations. So, 
uh, I'm doing a lot with a little and also I like still have the energy to clean up after myself or beforehand or whatever. My house looks better than it ever has. I've got a garden going. I revived plants in my house that have been dead. I am, I, <laughs> I am a terrible plant mom. I've killed so many things and I've revived one plant and I've got other shit growing. It's kind of amazing. I thought I would never see the day. Um, and it's really starting to make me wonder I've always, I've always, always been the kind of person who feels like she needs to work. I mean, time off is great, but there's only so much of it I could have before I need to go back to an employer. And uh, I'm starting to get the sensation that I maybe could live without having an employer. I would definitely still need to set up some form of income, but it would be something more freelance where I'm like, these are the skills I have. And if you want me to use my skills to help you with your thing, these are the rates, you know, project, beginning, middle, end, done. And then I can like continue to focus on just being awesome in my own house and enjoying more of the time that I, I have yeah. in life. <clears throat> You're kind yeah, of doing that now in like in a really low key way. Yeah, yeah. I've been helping Jen with her thing. And then I, I cook, I clean, I play video games, which I haven't played a video game in years, <laughs> but I have time now. And, and the gardening, all of it. It's stuff that I never have. It's not even just that I don't have time. It's that I haven't had that kind of energy in years. And now that I have nothing but time, I'm not oh, time, yeah. not Time I'm creates not energy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I have never been this fucking well-rested in probably my entire adult life, you guys. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah. That's so the thing right. I got to figure out still. I'm exhausted almost every day. <clears throat> And I'm guessing probably because my, my uh, you know, I'm sure my anxiety is just, I, I know the meds, my, the meds that I take are probably just like, okay, man, we can only do so much. You need to chill. Well, when everything else in your life is completely perfect, Aaron, I guess that you, you might not be able to sleep just as well. So that's okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Things are super perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, one thing I, one thing um, my wife brought up is, you know, I, I don't, I'm not an economic prognosticator, but if we end up with a really serious economic situation, which certainly seems likely, um, doesn't sound like a crazy thought, um, you know, imagine all the things that we have interacted with on a daily basis that came out of the last big, big economic downturn, um, where federal government stepped in, whether you like socialism or not, there's a time and place for it, and this might be a good time and place for it. Um, where federal government comes in and says, hey, let's put people to work building national parks, building new bridges. I mean, everyone complains about infrastructure falling apart. Okay, you got three, five million people unemployed right now. Shouldn't, aren't there a lot of beaneritas out there that would be like, I'll pick up a shovel or whatever. Uh, I'm not telling you to pick up a shovel, but just like get me to work after I'm sitting around for a while. Um, am I going to make... $600 a week on unemployment or am I going to make $850 a week swinging a hammer somewhere? I'll take 850. You know, it's not a lot of money, but yeah. um, it may be worth it, especially for the common good to be able to produce something out of this time. So I yeah. think there's an opportunity. It, the longer this thing goes on, the more opportunity there is for the haves, including the federal government to step up and say, all right, let's get some stuff done here in the situation. Yeah, no, it's, <clears throat> it's funny. I was actually driving down 82nd a couple days ago and, seeing how 82nd is still just littered in potholes and the street is virtually empty. And all I could think was like, wouldn't this be kind of a good time to like ramp up 
all the infrastructure work that needed to get done, but would bring the city to a halt. I'm like, maybe if, if the money's still there or if we can get it, you know, maybe start fixing all of our roads and all of our bridges and getting people back to work and, you actually can... saw a ton of construction happening in those early days before, you know, like before my company shut down. Every day I was driving to work, it was, it was a lot, the roads were a lot slower, but construction was just in full swing. Yeah. And I only take one road really to get to work. Right. And I get it. You know, you got to stay six feet apart or whatever, but I imagine you could do that working on roads. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think you can also do it as a as a crew. For instance, I've got two um, folks that um, work on the production team at the Cidery, and they actually live together. So there ain't no six feet with them, um, which has been super useful for us because some of our projects, some of our daily production tasks require two people to be side by side. And I don't know what we'd be doing if they were not living together. So they don't they don't have to keep the six foot distance. So. Um, yeah, I see some construction crews and I think, you know, if you're working on a construction crew and there's six of you, um, and you know, that first day goes by and you're not keeping your six foot distance, you might say to yourself, okay, this is now my family and I'm going to include them in my non six foot, um, distance. I mean, it's just about flattening the curve really. So right. you do what you can. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I also feel like the one thing that this event is really, I think showing people is how much of the, I think how much of our own system in the United States that we just kind of thought was always the way it was going to be turned out to like be not true, <laughs> you know, in terms of like certain kind of loan forgiveness and <clears throat> where I think more people are not realizing that so much of that was designed to just have a tiny, tiny fraction of the populace just get richer and richer and richer. And everyone's kind of realizing like, wait, we don't have to do it that way anymore. It's still working without this happening. Why are we going to go back to it? Yeah. I mean, there was a comment in the, in the chat about, can we get some healthcare out of this? Can this, and this, this can only, I'm not saying we're all going to get universal healthcare, but this can only do positive things for the concept of, of healthcare as a human right. And, um, you know, it's, I, I hope it can only do positive things. So. Yeah. I mean, I remember reading like, you know, all of our major social welfare programs to help people out came out of the depression when things just went to shit in America. And one of the main reasons why most of Europe has socialized medicine is from the Marshall Plan when every private company in after World War II was just leveled. So, you know, there had to be like at a government level step up so that everyone can get back on their feet. And then they just kept it, you know, you know. So, I, yeah, I, I hope we don't go back to the way things were because the one thing this is showing everybody is that the way things were just can't handle, it can't handle any kind of even moderate crisis at all. I mean, yeah. at a minimum, we should be re-establishing our uh, fucking pandemic uh, planning team. What What is it called? The the group that was disbanded earlier, uh, like like defunded under right. Trump and that's why no one was fucking prepared for any of this. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, like Kevin Sack just wrote the argument for, uh, what was it? Uh, the constitutional mandate for common defense should also apply to healthcare, <laughs> which definitely makes sense to me. I, 
I mostly have thoughts that will get us all on uh, FBI watch lists. So. I know. Yeah, <laughs> big deal. Well, we should probably get close to wrapping up the show anyway. Um, I was going to ask what everybody has planned for the week, but much like Pinky and the Brain, we're going to do the same thing we do every week. Try and take over the world? <laughs> Try and flatten the curve. Oh, damn, that's good. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm with Bean. I'm still trying to take over the world. I mean, that's fine. I'll allow or- it. I mean, if your plan to take over the world includes UBI and universal healthcare, then yeah, sure, I'm, why not? I'm behind you. Oh, it does. I will freelance support you. <laughs> it, it 100% does. All right, then I'm good with that. It, right, it also I'll... requires an orbital death ray. Okay, that's going to raise my rates, but I'll still help. <laughs> Do we have you, one of those. You, you don't you, have one of those already. Portable death ray. Mm. Yes, it's yeah, how they it's how they're he, powering their five G towers. He mm. has a standard one, but not a portable one. There, that's. I should point out that Merrick actually did read me an article yesterday, day before, about what the what the tie-in with five G is, and there is a. Like we're not going to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, but there is an element of 5G that has not been considered as far as consumer privacy. Um, well, that's different I, than it causing cancer. Yes, it, it's not. It's not the cancer causing. It's the um, ability to add more pinpoint tracking to things, mm. specifically people using your phones. Um, yeah, but they can do that already. No, even more so. Like, like, yeah. Anyway, she was reading me the article. I didn't read it myself. So, um, <laughs> I think I, I encountered that as well, Cable. I, yeah. I heard, I read some headline. I didn't dig into the article though. But there is a there are all kinds of conspiracy theories out right now that just. I only awesome. just heard about this like an hour before we went live oh. because my mom had to go see a client and this client is a former military and he told her all about how he knows, he not thinks, suspects, he knows that yeah. the, the whole business is a hoax to cover up this 5G radiation cancer business and that we gave it to China first and then yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. That's not yeah, crazy. She couldn't she could not wait to get home to try and tell me about it. She called me from the road to be like, I can't, I just I have to share this with somebody or my head is going to explode. <laughs> um I was happier. Yeah. Not, uh, knowing? Uh, not knowing. Yeah. I just because I just I can't handle that level of I don't even know what to call it. It's not ignorance, it's not insanity, it's like a weird combination of both, I think. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Well, whatever you do, don't go on to your, don't go on to next door, because boy, they uh, are never. never no, I have, I have no, I have door. no need for next door. No, this is fucking Christ. I will say, I do have a slight pang of regret for not being closer with my neighbors, if for no other reason than to do some sort of like food swapping. Oh right. But uh, but even that is just slight and passing. I'm fine. I don't need them. I don't need anybody. I can swap food with you. We're not that far away. That's true. So that'll work. Well, we should probably actually give Nat like a special uh, a shout out because the reason why the show sounds a little bit better is that he also dropped off mics 
for um, for being. Oh yes. Yeah. However, let me point out that Monsieur Arlon Duham was crucial in uh, the original selection of these microphones. I have a podcast of which I've recorded like eight or ten episodes, and I've never oh. released any of them. Yeah, something like um, that. Do you need a producer? I just need, an editor? What's going on there? I just have like, you know, already has a producer. I don't want to expose myself. I just, I'm not sure. Um, so these I'm, mics were just sitting around. <laughs> and it's a, he runs his own business, dude. You're already, so I, you're already exposed. You're doing it right now. I just want these mics <laughs> to be used. A microphone was made to be used. It's a wonderful microphone. Thank you. You guys can have them for the duration and they're USB because why the hell not? So. Thank you. It's pretty yeah, very cool. Very good. So yeah, he dropped off <laughs> booze and fidelity. <laughs> That's what I do. Well, man, we should wrap it up. Nat, thanks for popping on. Thank you for having me, of course. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have you on again. It'll be face-to-face someday. It will be, absolutely. Yeah. Not hopefully, it will be. It will be, yeah. Uh, everybody in the chat, thanks for hanging out and chatting with us. The show will be up tomorrow. And uh, with all that being said, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Rita. I'm Cable Hashitami. And we will talk to everybody next week. Watch out for snakes. I'm huge. One, two, three, four. Sweet lemonade, sweet lemonade, yeah, sweet lemonade.